How can we make this job profile more attractive? How about remote driving, autonomous driving, all these kind of trends? And that's not because we want to get rid of truck drivers. Absolutely not. We would love to hire even more of them, but again, they are not there. So that's one major, major point. But of course, um, as I said, also this uh, working from home, that is a new topic within logistics as well. But I would say when it comes to the, the major three parts right now in logistics, here we really see the topic of sustainability, visibility, and also automatization. You are listening to the Future Proof Operations Podcast. The manufacturing sector is evolving and the work that happens on the front line is the key to driving future readiness. On each episode, we bring you conversations with global leaders in industrial companies. Our goal is to discuss trends, stories and people in digital manufacturing and offer the latest insight into solutions. Subscribe and be sure to check out our website for more resources at operationsone.com. I'm your podcast host, Benjamin Brockman. This episode is brought to you by Operations One. Operations One is the leading platform to bring operations to a new level of excellence. By supporting frontline operations from planning to execution to analytics, companies benefit from an empowered workforce, increased operational excellence, and future-proof operations. Visit operationsone.com for more information. Hi, Eric. Welcome to the Future Proof Operations Podcast. Many thanks for the invite. Great to be here. Great to have you on the show. Today, we will speak about logistics, supply chain, innovation, and how everything belongs together. So as a kickstart, could you give us an introduction in a nutshell, how you contribute to the overall strategy of DB Schenker and what you are actually doing as a VP of global innovation. Because innovation is always a big word, many, many things. And of course, uh, caring about innovation within a huge and global logistics company. I'm always telling the people all the crazy stuff, all the topics that are not fitting to our current business models, to our current environment that's popping up on our desk. And we always have to find out, is there something in it for us? Is this an opportunity? Is this a threat? Is it a chance? Is this a possibility? Will this replace maybe a customer or say maybe even a new supplier or a new partner in that? So for our task, our responsibility is always to understand the pains, the demands of the organization and then trying to find new topics, new technologies, new possibilities to solve that. And of course, being the entrance for startups, for R&D things, for everything that might change the logistics by tomorrow. Also to be, let's say, the openness and having this kind of possibility that these kind of companies can reach out to us. And we're always trying to match them then with the right people within our organization. Eric, before we go into depth, we have to set the foundation for our listeners. In some simple words from your side, what is the difference of supply chain and logistics or what is it in general? So let's say supply chain is then the entire topic to bring things from A to B. So the supply chain is really um, a fragmented timeline. So it's always a physical timeline and a kind of an information timeline, because when it comes to supply chain orchestration, supply chain management, it's all the management, how to organize, to bring shipments, goods, cartons, parcels, things from A to B, this on the global scale. And logistics in total, that's a, the umbrella, I would say, to, to understand everything that is needed to orchestrate, to be like the, the steerer of such an environment. And logistics is sometimes mostly relinked, uh, related also to in-house logistics, so all the things in the operations that's within the four walls, within one building and terminal or warehouse. And the supply chain is then really what is, let's say, bringing things to this warehouse. 
But sometimes people also mix things up. And I think there's also not a clear definition, one, the one way or the other way. But I would say logistics is the umbrella of everything. But when we are talking about logistics, mostly dedicated and in the four walls. And supply chain is always along the transportation, land transport, air freight, ocean freight, rail freight, also something that brings things from one point to the other. Help us to understand what is the current state of that umbrella and what are the challenges. So you named it umbrella. It is the logistics industry. How would you describe the current state and its challenges? So I would say many, many challenges. When you come to logistics, of course, we have the same challenges like other industries as well. We have a mass digitalization. We have sustainability. We have a, a personal shortage, many, many disciplines. So for example, truck driver shortage, that's a huge pain before with whole Europe, but also globally. I don't know if you know the, the average age of a German truck driver. What is your guess? What do you guess is the, the average age? 50. Oh, that would be great. So in some areas we talk about 58 already, and that's really the, the average. So we're really running out of really good truck drivers and we are losing only in Germany around 25,000 to normal retirement every single year. And only 15,000 new driver licenses are handed out. And these people are not directly truck drivers. I think in whole Europe, we have right now around a gap of 380,000 truck drivers right now. And so we are desperately trying to find new ones. And of course, we can't place them with even more people from Eastern countries, or whatever, so they, because they are already there. So therefore, we as an industry now really have to think, okay, how can we make this job profile more attractive? How about remote driving, autonomous driving, all these kind of trends? And that's not because we want to get rid of truck drivers. Absolutely not. We would love to hire even more of them. But again, they are not there. So that's one major, major point. But of course, as I said, also this uh, working from home, that is a new topic within logistics as well. But I would say when it comes to the, the major three parts right now in logistics, here we really see the topic of sustainability, visibility, and also automatization. So the most important topics right now. Yeah, you named that three pillars already. We had that on the preparation call and you said there are a lot of challenges right now in the industry. And of course, you are caring about the innovation and the technology which can counteract that challenges. And you named that three pillars of automation, sustainability and visibility slash digitalization where a lot of innovation can happen. And these innovation can then counteract all the challenges which are currently happening. So I would like to go through that three different pillars, things that you named, and talk a little bit about the specific innovation which you are working on every day. Before we do that, help us to understand why that three. So do they have the biggest priority or are there a lot of others connected to it? Help us to understand how you came to that three pillars. As we are doing from our company, when other companies do that, it's quite similar. We are doing a kind of a trend survey every year to find out. Where's the pain at the moment right now coming from and what kind of topics do we have to tackle in the first step? Because even we are a huge company on a global scale, but even we are not able to care about everything with the same resources, with the same budgets. So therefore you need some kind of a prioritization. And coming from this kind of trend report, we are always trying to find what is now really the topic that we have to do in the first step. And then we really found out for our trend report 2020 that this new work, mass digitalization, climate change, workforce shortage, so all around and also sustainability are the top three, four points that we really have to take care. But of course, there are many other things, um, multi-regional logistic topics, new talent impact, and also new technologies. AI is a big thing. And I think they even say that the, the year 2023 was the year of AI because now really everybody understood it. That is a, a normal thing. 
So there are many things that are combined and also connected. And it's always then for us, the point where to spend your coins on, because you can't do everything in the same time. And also to understand where's the biggest pain from our customer side, because in the end, we are not doing logistics because we love logistics, nevertheless, really love logistics. But of course, we are doing this by a purpose to create value for our customers. So therefore also to understand what's the biggest pain for our customers right now. And then these three top uh, are popping up right now, every time and ever. Let's go through them. You named it already. Shortage of drivers, autonomous driving. How you and how DB Schenker thinks about automation? I would say automation is a must have. And when I'm talking about automatization or let's say first step, remote driving or automatization, autonomization. So there's always a kind of an, a path mm -hmm. and a way to develop the things in this direction. We have three different topics. We have within the four walls, there are somehow self-driving robots, so-called HUVs and AMRs that's already existing. Mm -hmm. So these topics, these robots, they're getting more clever every time. It's fantastic. They are now interacting in the same environment where also people are. So that robot is really taking care about the person that helps the people within the warehouse. That's already done. I would say technology existing. Then you have the yard. So the area where your facility is and your brand, your, your terminal, there we have already some good pilot projects, some R&D topics uh, with self-driving uh, trucks and to bring really swap bodies and trailers from A to B to a gate, off a gate, on the parking place, whatever. So all this kind of shunting, how we call it, that's already technical-wise possible. Challenging-wise, the business case is not the best right now, but we are working on this to make it even more attractive. But I would guess within next months and short years, we are really seeing on a bigger scale and we'll use topics like that. And of course, number three, the biggest challenge is then really driving autonomous on the street. We have the normal traffic with all the people, the bikes, the bus, the clay on the street. And of course, that is something that's the biggest challenge. But even there, lots of things have changed within the last months. If you would have asked maybe the same question last year, I'll give you the answer that we are expecting the first autonomous cars maybe in 2030, 2031, somewhere on the street. But this year, I would say let's break it down to 27, 28, because so many things have happened within this year. AI is getting way more better technology. You've done huge steps in, into this direction, but maybe no one really recognized even Germany. And really it's <laughs> Germany, not Singapore, Dubai, Silicon Valley. Germany has changed the law. Mm -hmm. So from a legal aspect in the B2B context, what we as Schenker are doing, we could drive directly from a legal aspect from Munich to Hamburg without a driver cabin, without a driver, fully autonomously. Legal-wise, done. Technology-wise, small challenge, but even that might be a possibility. But why don't we do that then right now? Because we would need 5G coverage everywhere. That's a small pain right now in Germany. Yeah. But many, many startups are now coming here really to Germany, testing their technologies here because the legal setup is there. There are also some companies like Daimler that applied already for a higher speed because I think it's right now, if I'm correctly, around 60 kilometer per hour. And they are, by the way, for 80, 100, 120 to get also the possibility for this. So it's coming. That's only land transport. Mm -hmm. By the way, rail technology already possible, open freight already unmanned ships, that's how they call it, already possible. And even air freight, so self-flying airplanes, already somehow possible. Legal aspect is a little bit challenging there, but from the technology, we will see yeah. crazy things within the next months. Let's stick with the autonomous trucks for some more minutes. That's super exciting and surprising for me because 
as a normal user, which is not an expert in logistics, it feels like every year Elon Musk, for example, is talking about the autonomous taxi and it will come soon. And then it already took now a lot of years and it's not there yet. And now you are super precise in your forecast and you say 27, 28 will be the years where we can bring the autonomous trucks to real life. And you say it can happen or it will happen in Germany, which is surprising for me as well. How did we get there? So as you said, there was a lot of stuff happening in the last two years in terms of AI. Have there been other accelerators in the industry that we are now oh, looking yeah. to it positively? Yeah, many of the OEMs are working on this topic. And of course, with the trucks, you can really capture many, many data. Also, as Elon Musk with also Tesla cars, they are collecting data like hell. Google is collecting crazy. The network is so also this kind of a leader radars in Zurich of these trucks and vehicles and cars are getting that much better. And now with the combination of an AI, they can really think about it. What does that mean to have all yeah. these data and to combine that to react in milliseconds if there is something happening? And that is something what you really need. You have to have a reaction in milliseconds, really on the truck, on the car, on the van, when there is something happening. And this kind of technology has huge, huge steps. And all this AI things, ChatGPT is one thing. And believe me, that's the small thing what we see yeah. as a private person, maybe on the internet. They are way more crazy things. I do not expect also to be correct here that autonomous driving will be there everywhere in 27, 28, but we will have the first autobahns in Germany, the first highways on the certain lanes in certain highways, but in public transport, yeah. in the public traffic where they can re um, drive. And again, for us, that is really a interesting situation because again, we are running out of truck drivers. One thing, getting the job profile more attractive because still with autonomous truck, you need people who knows how such a vehicle will react to for loading, unloading, and maybe when we are driving on the highway, then the last mile from the highway, then to the branch, to the customer, that maybe sometimes have a person still to do. And then we are also talking about remote driving. So that means an operator is then jumping virtually on such a truck and then driving this truck then for the last kilometers to the terminal or to the customer. So it will be a combination. I think we will start with this remote driving. And there are many cool startups like uh, FanRides, for example, from Germany, really doing this right now. That's better than we also expected that. And really driving remote is an interesting one. It's also for the PlayStation generation. Fantastic thing. It's really like a home office for the truck truck because you're really sitting at home up behind a huge screen with a steering wheel with your joystick and with your pedals. And then you can really drive a truck somewhere. Yeah. Awesome. And that's really getting fantastic. By the way, the same is also existing for forklifts. Why not only driving remote a truck? We can also drive a boat, a forklift somewhere remote. So this kind of technology is getting even more integrated into the daily life. With all these integrators, we are learning. The systems are getting more clever, more intelligent, and then they're starting to combine. And that's exactly the way we want to do. And then even the job profile for the truck driver is getting more interesting because that person today, maybe two, three days on the road, will then be every day at home because the truck is driving by itself Then the long distance. And then the, the last mile and the first mile will be done by a person. And that's a more attractive also for people who might join this kind of job profile. But you say there is one thing missing, and this is the connectivity thing. So 5G is necessary, especially in Germany. It's very hard to have internet connection all the time. So as I understand, there need to be a 5G network, at least at the highways that you can build it. Are you at DB Schenker somehow contributing to build that connectivity, that net, or do you just need to wait? So how 
can you push that proactively? So we are not building the network. So that's not our job. Of course, we can do somehow lobbying also to the politics and to the government to tell them that would be possible. And also via all institutes and companies where we are, let's say, combined to really do exactly this kind of showing what might be possible, will be possible if this would be there. So also, and I think coming really with the sustainability approach, with the truck driver shortage, and also to use the roads in a more proper way. Because we also have the topic with traffic jams, but cost billions of euros every year to the industry. That's the topic with an autonomous car or truck. And by the way, also one thing that most of the people will not like with an autonomous car, because when we are driving in a car by ourselves and we saw that speed limit is 100, we said, yeah, 110, mm -hmm. 150 might be okay. An autonomous car will always follow the rules. Yeah. It will drive 100, punkt. If there is a 100, then speed limit is 100. Something where we have to find, a, let's say, a good uh, way how to deal with that. But it also means when all people are driving the same speed with the same, then you, there will be less traffic jam. Yeah. So that it'll be a huge impact for the whole industry. Of course, what is still missing when there will be lots of autonomous cars, vans, trucks on the street, someone, some institute has to steer that. Like this kind of swarm. In the air freight, we have that with the Deutsche Flugsicherung, mm -hmm. so that the part who is really steering the traffic in the air, but we need something similar like Deutsche Flugsicherung on the road. Yeah. And that must be, it can't be Schenker, it can't be a competitor of us, because then our trucks would always drive and our competition would always stand. So that's uh, the possibility. Of course, it must be some a legal setup from mm. government somewhere. Maybe Deutsche Flugsicherung opening up a new business oh, model might be a good yeah. one. And because they have all the technology, they have the setup for something like that, that is also still missing. And as I said, for, for rail, it's way more easier. For air freight, it's way more easier. For ocean freight as well. The most challenging part is really road, because here you have all these things that you can't control. Mm -hmm. So therefore, the vehicle by itself must be really, really intelligent with lots of sensors and radars and leader technology, because you have dog, cat, mouse, bicycles. People who are crossing the street, you have buses, you have so many things that you can't steer. So therefore the vehicle by itself has yeah. to be the intelligent. Very exciting. Very exciting. And I'm looking forward to see the first autonomous truck on a German highway. When we talk about autonomous trucks, we can then do the segue to electric trucks and bring it into the context of sustainability. You mentioned it at the beginning. How do you think about electric trucks and is it the biggest leverage to be better in terms of sustainability or do you see other innovations that are paying into it? I think there's not only one topic who is paying into sustainability. Of course, you have to think about what kind of topics do you have? Where are your emitters by today? And then we have land transport, air freight, ocean freight. We are Schenker, by example, we have 2000 buildings. Mm -hmm. Also, these buildings are a huge emitter for CO2, but to reduce it. So first of all, you need a status quo where we are right now. So then you have all these topics. And by the way, it's DB Schenker, part of Deutsche Bahn of DB and the 65 to 70% of the whole CO2 of whole Deutsche Bahn are coming from Schenker. Mm -hmm. So that's a huge pain. And we want to be CO2 neutral by 2040. So that's a huge step to go. And now we are starting. And the biggest emitter, by the way, is air freight. So this kerosene and all these uh, flying things, that's the biggest portion of our whole cake. When you see it as a kind of cake, where the CO2 is coming from. One big topic that people always underestimate how to reduce your carbon footprints are daters. Because seeing shipments and routes 
where have to be something there and where it's coming from. And uh, when you think about we are using, as an example, 100 trucks somewhere, when you're then bringing all your shipments, your pickup, your delivery addresses, your routes, your traffic jam information, whatever, into a system. And then you're uh, calculating this in a, in a better way, in a more efficient way. And then from your 100 trucks, you can reduce it with good algorithm, with an AI system who's bringing you predictive what will be there and when, reducing your 100 trucks to 95 trucks. Then you reduce five trucks. And replacement from diesel to electric is always fantastic. But using data that five trucks are not needed is even better yeah. because then you really reduce something. So therefore, and we are having in, in whole Europe around 30,000, 32,000 trucks every day on the street. And when you're then reducing this and optimizing this only by 1%, you can calculate that these many, many trucks are not on the street any longer. Electromobility, of course, is a huge topic. And as you said, Tesla is one of the topics. Elon Musk announced his Tesla semi-truck that can drive 700, 800 kilometers. Is it, so is it the future to have electric trucks or do you think of other technologies as well? There are several. For the next years, electric will be the topic mm -hmm. because most of the OEMs are jumping on electric again. But here we also have some big challenges. So first of all, where is the truck coming from? Is there enough equipment available? So funny number, maybe Schenker bought 2020. And we are number one in European land transport. We bought in 2020 50% of all electric trucks from Daimler. Everything what they have manufactured, we bought 50%. Mm -hmm. That's a cool marketing headline. Yeah, yeah. But when you then know, okay, that have been exactly 36 trucks. You know, okay, that's a big way and a long way to go. So we got last year around 100 something. So now we are having around 200 electric trucks already in Europe on the street. So the OEMs are not coming fast enough. So we really want to have that. But of course, an electric truck is costing double or triple to a normal diesel truck. So the price is also a big topic. Normally, we are, as logistic people, are asset light. That means our subcontractors, they are having the trucks and the vehicles. And we are just booking them and renting them and using them. But now with all higher price topics, we have to step more and more in. And we have to be the owner of the asset and buying the truck and then renting this then to our subcontractors. Okay. So also even here, our business model is changing. And maybe last step is then even when you're having the electric trucks, how to charge them. Because the charging infrastructure in Germany is a big challenge. Mm -hmm. So most of our branches are only able to, if they're a fast charger and slow charger, but a fast charger, you can maybe charge three to four, maybe if you're in a lucky position, five trucks in parallel. But we do have in a normal branch 50 to 100 trucks. Crazy. So yeah. then to charge 50 of them at the same time, then it's getting dark in the city next to you. And then if you're going to your local infrastructure provider and telling them we need a bigger power line because we have already electric forklifts, now we want to have electric trucks as well. And by the way, some people want to charge their car. Like, yeah, Schenker, possible. will take around five to 10 years Crazy. because we have to build up completely new infrastructure. And that's really a big pain and a big challenge for the anti-industry. It's not only a Schenker topic. Mm. So therefore, electric is interesting, will reduce, will it be the answer for everything? I doubt that. So I don't think so. Therefore, Hydrogen would be even more interesting, but uh, we are one of the, maybe the number one in European land transport. We do have hydrogen trucks right now. So even that, a big challenge. We have to get them from there, way more expensive than an electric truck. And even if you would have them, where's the green, please green hydrogen, not the, the gray one, the green one. Where's that coming from? Before, Of course, in Germany, we are talking now a lot about hydrogen and huge pipelines that will be built up. 
but they are going in the first step to the heavy industry. Mm -hmm. They need hydrogen like hell. Before logistics is getting them really green hydrogen, that will take some years. But nevertheless, we are testing as an industry everything that is somehow possible. Even we have gas, we have LNG, we have uh, tube concepts that will be tested in some areas. Crazy things. The biggest challenge for us as an industry is no one can tell us what will be the solution of yeah. the next 10 to 15 years. But the biggest bet for you is right now the electric truck, right? As I understand, there are already there's much momentum in it than in hydrogen, for example. Absolutely. So in Germany and in Europe, when you're going to Japan, they have more hydrogen. Scandinavia is thinking about hydrogen. In Germany and here we are talking about electric. America is talking all about electric. But even there, we have a Nikola, also some companies coming also with other things. But as you said, right now, we are doing a lots of bets on the topic of electromobility and not only for the trucks, also for vans, also for trailers. Equipping a trailer with a battery pack when you're taking a new trailer, then this has already mm -hmm. a fresh battery and maybe helping also to support your driving. Okay. There are also these power lines. I don't know if you have seen this tram in yeah. the cities. Also with this pantograph to get some energy. On some highways I already saw it, but it's uh, still a yeah. testing concept, right? Exactly, yeah. And I think here in Frankfurt to, to Darmstadt, you have around five to 10 trucks who are using this in a testing. Interesting, and it, it looks not that nice, but you really have to think about where to charge all these trucks in the future. Yeah. And you, you can't bring them to a parking place somewhere on the autobahn because then there are already no spaces. And if you want them to stand there for hours to charge a truck, first of all, no space. And the second challenge, to charge 100, 150, 200 trucks on one point. That's simply yeah. not possible. Okay, got it. To summarize it, when it comes to sustainability, electric vehicles is an important thing, but it's not the only thing. As you said, it's about planes as well. It's about ships and it's about optimizing the routes. And I think this is a good segue to start into our last pillar of visibility and digitalization. So how much data is there already and how much data is needed to have the optimal route, I would describe it like that, where you don't have some inefficiencies. And in our preparation call, we talked a little bit about it. And I said, hey, for me, it feels like there is already a lot of information because when I click on my app, I want to know where my parcel is, then I can track the parcel. But then you said, no, there's much more data which we could bring into that data logistics cloud. So what are you thinking of currently? So when you're talking about visibility or this mass digitalization, there are so many things. So logistics, first of all, we have, again, coming back to our beginning, to the supply chain. Mm -hmm. So we have so many parties who are involved that we know more or less all of them. We are generating information from the shipment. So what is it? What's the weight? What's the volume? What are maybe the, the dangerous goods information around that? Do we have some complaints? Do we have some qualities from some topics? And of course, that is, let's say, only the information that we are having. But then we also have topics like traffic situation, our recipients and the senders, information from them. And to bring all this in the kind of an ecosystem and then with a kind of invisibility, we call it also IoT, so information of, of things, Internet of Things, to really get all this information together and to show that to a customer. That is then something where you as an end customer, seeing this in your app, shipment is coming only three stops uh, away. But that is for parcel, for the B2B, what we are doing. So yeah. 30 kilogram plus is a little bit more tricky because parcel is somehow easier and more advanced when it comes to this kind of visibility because it's only stop 
information. In our way, we also have the topic of temperature, humidity, G-forces, vibrations. So there, when you think about healthcare products, then you really have to measure and capture the temperature and the humidity during the whole transport. Also, when you're changing the transport, so from a warehouse to a truck, to another warehouse, to another truck, then you always have to see that the temperature is always fantastic and that you really store that because at the end, if some, somebody is taking this and gets some serious issues, then legal-wise, you're a part of that. And then you really have to show as long as we had it, everything was fine. So that's then also one big part. But visibility is getting better and better. And also for every kind of shipments uh, in the upcoming future. And uh, right now it's cost some more money to integrate it. Maybe you think about tax and something to equip a sensor on the shipment. That is a sensor and that costs some cent or euros mm -hmm. that you have to, to bring into your calculation. But it will be something like maybe also the, some other topics from the past that have been more and more integrated. And therefore I would say this kind of visibility will be a kind of a must have. And if we don't provide that kind of visibility in the future, then we are out of business yeah. because customers are demanding for that. Maybe, to, to, maybe last sentence on that, because sometimes I'm always uh, challenging that. Why do we do visibility? Mm -hmm. Because visibility is just, as you said, I want to track where's my shipment. Yeah. But when you're ordering something and telling the logistic company, the shipment should be there tomorrow, five o'clock. And when it's not uh, until five o'clock, you will never use a tracking system or click on the thing. Just five o'clock, it will be there. Five minutes after five, <laughs> you will maybe start. Okay. Where's my shipment? So if we always would do what the customer is demanding for, the shipment should be there tomorrow at five. We don't need tracking. This kind of visibility. Mm -hmm. There are many more things also for quality things. We need this kind of visibility, but from a customer experience, it would be even more fantastic if we are just there at five and maybe calling you at five after five, sorry, sir, your shipment will be somehow a little bit delayed. That would be even more customer bonding. And is it like you just need to implement more sensors, for example, and do it? Or are there some technical challenges currently that are hindering you to do that? Um, both. So sensors is uh, one thing, but when you have this kind of fragmented supply chain, then it's not always in the control of only Schenker. So mm -hmm. for example, when you have an, an air freight or ocean freight, we are not the owner of the plane or of the boat. So therefore you have a party in between that you can't control because they are their own company. So therefore you need then APIs, connections to them or getting the visibility directly from them into your systems. And therefore we started as an industry, we all called it the tracking events with scan events. So pickup, delivery, that was the first. And let's say 20 years ago, we, we typed that in into a system. Now it's picked up, now it's delivered, always with a delay. Yeah. Then we had a clear scan event pick up and delivery. And then over the last 15 years, we go even more in time. And now we have really, it was always shortener periods. So it was then five times a day, 10 times a day. And then we had now really real time. Yeah. And now we have really real time visibility. You can really see a blinking, blinking point on the map. Whereas the truck, when will it be there? This blinking point on the map doesn't bring anything, but it looks fancy. And therefore we all have that. But in the end, it's all about this ETA, estimated time of arrival, when will the shipment be there? Because if there are maybe an issue, a problem, a delay, then you can directly inform your customer, this shipment will be late, should we change some? Mm -hmm. Should we bring it back? Should we destroy it? Should we, whatever should we do with that? Or is it all fine? But that isn't something what we 
have um, learned over the last years that this kind of real-time visibility is interesting and it's real-time visibility is for your shipments and now it's getting even more interesting with for example traffic information because when you have that the real-time traffic information with your shipments with your routes and bringing this all in a system yeah this is a huge calculation and that's even not that easy to bring in your routes and your uh, topic into that first companies are there who can really do this and we need this kind of information for autonomous driving in the end yeah. because then you really need shipment routes traffic transport management system all in a huge ecosystem of uh, environment awesome that will be the future awesome so in a nutshell there is already some data there you are able to track containers you have the gps data but in future it will be about more and different data points as well to make the routes more and more efficient unfortunately eric we are already coming to the end uh, i learned a lot already about logistics it was super exciting to talk with you and my last question is of course about the future and about innovation and i would like to know how do you foresee the future of logistics which innovations for example will play a role so how would it look like 10 years from now so I think no one really has a crystal ball. <laughs> so things could be different always. And then if a new big bang is happening somewhere, but I will say it's getting more automated. It's getting more sustainable and that's a must. It's a precondition. If we are not sustainable, then we will be out of business mm -hmm. and it will be even new technologies are coming. So for example, tube concepts, the hyperloop is somewhere knocking on the door. So having really vacuum tubes, bringing things from A to B. We will have more heavy lifted cargo drones bringing things from A to B. Not everywhere, maybe not starting with um, high usage in, in Europe because our infrastructure is still too good, but Africa, Australia, America, that might be even first. And of course, also some new, maybe old technologies, I would say, are coming back because I'm a big fan of Zeppelins, so airships maybe. Yeah. Even this kind of technology, because very sustainable, lots of volume and weight that they can pick up from the ground somewhere and flying extremely, uh, let's say, eco-friendly four or 5,000 miles. And that is, uh, these are technologies that are coming. And the interesting part is logistics of the future will definitely not be the same like we see today. And that's the cool one. So we will see many crazy things in the next upcoming months and years. Sounds exciting. Eric, thank you for being on the show. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening. And we hope you found this episode valuable. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a five-star review. You can find more information and resources at operationsone.com. This episode is brought to you by Operations One. Operations One is the leading platform to bring operations to a new level of excellence. By supporting frontline operations from planning to execution to analytics, companies benefit from an empowered workforce, increased operational excellence, and future-proof operations. Visit operationsone.com for more information.